0: going on 14. I am Mike.
1: I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And this is going to sound crazy, guys, but I picked up a badly animated CGI toy the other day, and it's been trying to get me in trouble for the last three days, and I think it's trying to kill me.
2: Is it shaped like a peanut?
1: <laughs> yes. yes.
2: <laughs> I was just going to ask
1: that. Well, is it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which show is
2: this this week? I'm forgetting.
1: Well, that was the plot to every single episode of Goosebumps.
2: Yes. And well, no I, one will believe you immediately when you tell them about it. Because the differ, but
1: well,
0: we'll no. get to that. Oh, we'll get to that,
2: Yeah.
1: So, uh, welcome to the Gerschbumps. You're my girl. <laughs> my Goosebumps, my favorite Burks.
0: <laughs> yeah, we um we decided to do the, do a uh, Goosebumps show, which is interesting because after looking at when Goosebumps started, All of us were pretty much in college by the time this kicked in,
1: and I don't think any of us actually have read or watched Goosebumps. Yeah, like, I totally missed all of the Goosebumps things, because we talked about in our book show that I was into pretty hardcore, like, Alfred Hitchcock scary stories, so by the time Goosebumps came around, they were kind of, I don't know, below my reading level for that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, the first book, Welcome to the Dead House, came out in 92, so...
0: Yeah, by that time I was already reading my second time around on reading the um uh the stand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely into Stephen King because that, that would have been late high school for most of us. Some of us, you and Pat may have even been in college by that point. I was twenty. I was a junior in high school. Yeah, I was a junior I, as well.
2: I own every single goosebumps book there is. Really? I oh, that's, call that's bullshit. A, that is a lie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I thought he was being serious. Well, my only uh, tie-in with it is through Isaiah, my son, because he's really into it. So he's into the Gershbergs.
2: Yes, very well, much. He's, so. he's the perfect target age. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, before we go any
1: further, let's take yes. care of a little business. Uh, as always, if you'd and like you to, to
2: check us out
1: on Saturdays at noon, you can tune into Geek Life Radio, where you will find us in between stick twiddlers and turnbuckle throwbacks. As far as we know, <laughs> what <laughs> what uh, that was a throw to you. Mike. I know I'm I'm, I'm fighting <laughs> off a
0: sneeze right now. I didn't. I'm gonna like like slime the microphone if I keep going. Anyway, if you're looking for some of our other stuff, it's on uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And uh, if you're looking to give us a voicemail, call us at seven zero eight now wrapped That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven.
1: Yeah, you can also send those voicemails, uh, through our official Facebook page of 40 going on 14. You can reach out to us on Twitter or as at least one enterprising listener has done, you can either email us with text or you can even record your voicemails locally and email them to us at 40go14 at gmail.com. Yes.
0: Because if you're in New Zealand, as Nikki is, uh, the connection kind of sucks. So if you record an email to us, it sounds like this.
4: Uh, so 102 or 107 with the asterisk at the end. Uh, the asterisk means that he was not out. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all. Up. Goodbye.
3: Huh. Okay, She's referring clear. to our cricket conversation,
2: right? Right, but I still, yeah, okay.
0: And we so thought was it was not, maybe a time t- t- or something. It was not out. It still means right. nothing to us. Yeah,
2: I have no idea what in that is. In America, means. if there's an asterisk, there's something, there's a footnote somewhere. But apparently yeah. in cricket, if there's an asterisk, it just means he's not out. The That's,
1: footnote is he's not out. But the or, sound quality was amazing. Yeah. Yes. There, there are no terms and conditions. Yeah, we need to get Joel to email in everything, like live. <laughs> during the <laughs> show. <laughs> anyway. Of the, the sound quality. Lately. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you stop to uh, refill your internet uh Reservoir. <laughs> but wait. What are you talking about? Wait, no, Nikki, there's
3: What's
0: more. Never I'm mind. Hardwired
3: by an Ethernet cable.
0: <laughs> yes, as we heard last week. I know, right? <laughs> but wait, there's more from Nikki.
1: Oh, nice.
4: Okay, holy shit, revelation. You mentioned Demi Lovato's confident music video being directed by Robert Rodriguez. I was at the gym last week and a Demi Lovato video came on and I have my headphones on so I can't hear what the fuck is going on, but I'm watching it and I'm like. Why is that guy from, uh, Planet Terror in a Demi Lovato video, you know, the guy that owns the barbecue place and he's making, you know, his secret barbecue sauce, Why the hell is he doing in a Demi Lovato video? And then it was, what the hell is Michelle Rodriguez doing in a Demi Lovato video? Yeah. That makes sense now. Yeah. Apparently the Dust Dawn guys are in it too. Go figure.
0: Jeff here I gotta watch some Demi Lovato videos.
2: I could listen to a New Zealand woman say Demi Lovato. I can't say it, but apparently. Demi? Demi Lovato? Demi Lovato video.
3: Demi? 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 Very
2: sexy listening to a New Zealander talk. Demi. Demi
1: Demi Lovato video. Yeah. It's a bit of a tongue twister.
2: It is. It's not easy to say. She said it very well. A lot better than I did. I'm not even going to attempt that. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: Also, uh, we had
1: uh, Randall Holt reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, I know Mike's Got that all queued up, but we've got RJ Holt six sixty six that started a new episode of At Four to Go fourteen earlier this morning. Here's one maybe you guys missed.
4: With what? I don't even know with who, Jim.
0: <laughs> Not who. What? Well, now, Jim let's let's get this straight. I'm I'm going swimming tomorrow with with who? What? Where? Why? <laughs> Jim, let's go on to the, the Middle East. Now, I'll, uh, I'll need the the first name of the head of the PLO, that uh, that Arafat guy. Yes, yeah, sir. I said I'll, I'll need the first name of the head of the, of the PLO. All right, we know where that's going. But that is Johnny Carson doing uh, Ronald Reagan, which thank you for pointing that out to me because that's freaking hilarious.
1: Yeah, that is one we missed, and I agree with it. He says, still makes me laugh. Makes me laugh, too. Thanks.
3: Agreed.
0: It makes me laugh and actually laugh, not just exhale strongly through my nose <laughs> like that. I'm still waiting to exhale. <sighs> I yeah. I think it's, it's about that time. It is totally that time.
4: This week in music, movies,
3: and
0: TV. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a running thing, isn't it? Nice. All right, so we have chosen October 28th, 1995. That is the premiere of the very first Goosebumps TV show. So in music... True. Wait, what? True. True. Sorry, I was... Answer. This is not a test. Yeah, no. this, I wasn't asking you because you're the one who then why wrote. Why did I study? You did study. You're the one who wrote this. All right.
2: Oh, that's true. Oh, joke's on me.
0: <laughs> Still not a test. <laughs> the number one song in all the land is Fantasy by Mariah Carey. I
1: actually like that song.
2: Yeah. Oh, I don't hate it. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Yeah. What? It's the one where you know, she's on the uh, roller coaster and everything, and that's hot. She samples the Tom Tom Club song. Great.
3: People on roller coasters is attractive?
2: Well, when those people are Mariah Carey.
3: Like those photos at the end of, of, uh, like the ride that they have at Walt Disney World or whatever?
2: Yeah. Those are always just so sexy.
0: There we go. Oh, I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mariah Carey on a a roller coaster. And that's Mm -hmm. what she sings. So, Lovada. Dr. Hepcat Durst was the first African-American disc jockey to achieve significant popularity in Texas. What? Damn. Uh, (laughs) His radio program, the Rosewood Ramble, was broadcast in Austin from 1948 until 1963. The Rosewood Ramble became a cultural economic, and psychological resource for black radio listeners in segregated central Texas while becoming the region's most popular radio show among white listeners. Dr. Hepcat was permanently canceled on October 31st at the age of 82. It's a great name for
2: a band. Dr. Hepcat. Dr. Hepcat.
0: That's actually pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that's why I included it. I thought it was a good story. And in
3: Texas, nonetheless.
2: Right. I mean, there's a lot of people here that still have a problem. And This was back in 1948. God, I can't
0: even imagine.
2: Wow. All right, well. <laughs> he had to come in the back door of the building, you know.
0: <laughs> and he, he had to be in another room from the sound engineers. Oh, God. All right, so movies. Get Shorty has just knocked seven off the number one spot.
1: Those are both movies I enjoy in very, very different
0: ways. Yeah. Yes. Now, <laughs> yeah, uh, do you guys remember going to see Seven together? Yes. yes. And all of us went back to the apartment, but nobody wanted to go home. <laughs> it's like yes. all, all
2: turn f- the lights off. Nobody yeah. wanted to move. Just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was like all fifteen of us slept in the living room together. What's I'm th- actually pretty sure that when I saw it with you guys, it was the second or third time I'd seen it. Really. Yeah, because I, I want to say oh, I saw it either it. by myself or with just one other person the first time. Because I remember I once I'd seen that movie in the theater four times. I was like, well, now I got to go three more. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I see what you did. Yeah, I one. mean, if I'd only seen it three times, I probably could have left it at three. But at the fourth, I was like, I got to go with the full seven. <laughs> well, at least you have dedication to your. Yes, just the
0: way my brain works. And in, in, yeah.
2: In, in dog years, you've seen it forty-nine times.
0: Wow.
3: Well. I'm sure he's seen it since then.
2: So anyway, <laughs> movies released
0: this week include Copycat, Vampire in Brooklyn, Powder, and Leaving Las Vegas. I have wow. seen two of those.
3: It was a different time.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, leaving Las Vegas was good. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: That's another story Yeah, where we saw it together, and at the end of the movie, we just all stood up and we just kind of side-looked at each other We're like... Let's go get a drink.
1: Yeah, I, In fact, we specifically went to get double kamikazes, if I recall. Yep. 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 Well, but what made the decision? Weren't we at, like, Taco Bell or
3: some restaurant and trying to decide what to go see?
1: I don't know, but and I remember... Were looking
3: at the paper? We
0: make, I knew
2: I wanted to see it because it had Elizabeth Shue in it.
0: We make bad decisions in group movie going, because I remember all of us going to see, like, American History X together. <laughs> That's like, that was great. That was a wonderful Why don't we movie.
2: ever go see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or something I know,
0: like Right. Because we weren't alive when it was in the theater? Pish-tosh. <laughs> Copycat was pretty good.
1: You with uh, your was, logic.
3: Yeah, it was decent. And Powder was not bad either. Leaving Las Vegas is still one of my the favorite powder
2: movies. Was, uh, the Powder in, in Powder was Powdered Sugar. Yeah. That movie was so saccharine and nasty. and yeah. so.
1: Steaming pile of powder. Yes. for Salva. Um,
2: the only good thing that ever came out of Powder is it's just a great name to call people. Because it's a lot of... A lot of really, really pale people down here that shave their heads yeah. and so forth. And it's just Ooh, a fun thing.
3: Well, what's his name that was uh, the main character in it that um, was Powder? one of the Boondock Saints? i getting <laughs> oh, his name.
2: Yeah, that's not going to redeem it in my eyes. Yeah. Boondock Saints. Terry Southern. Uh, that was his anyway. name. No, it was
0: not. It, but bringing up Terry Southern, Joel, <laughs> uh, he died on October 29th. John Patrick Flannery. But before that, uh, he was an American author, essayist, and screenwriter known for his distinctive satirical style. He had I helped say. to change the style and substance of American films in the 70s and 80s, and he wrote for Saturday Night Live. The uh, Southern wrote the comic novels Candy, The Magic Christian, and his gift for writing film dialogue is evident in the work he did on Dr. Strangelove, The Cincinnati Kid, and Easy Rider. The Magic Christian was also a movie. starred Ringo Starr. Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, that was another one, but I figured I since I'd already mentioned it, I wasn't going to bother mentioning it again.
3: So, and we realized today that Jeff Fahey starred in Easy Rider 2, The Ride Home. Yeah. Don't, I, why were that's we looking weird. that up? 2012. Because we were trying to figure out who it was because I was drawing a blank on his name when Nikki mentioned it.
0: Oh, that's right. So uh, TV, the top shows are ER, Seinfeld, Friends, and uh-oh, the acronym of the week. C-I-T-C.
1: That's cox in the calzone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you were going to say cox in the cradles. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. I, that's like, I was like ready for you to be inappropriate, but that was uh, the only-
1: yeah. No, I, I I went back and forth whether it was going to be Catholic or Cardinal calzone. Well, calzone one out. Do
3: you remember the uh, catchphrase from that show?
1: <laughs> oh, Extra Elmo sausage,
3: ball?
0: please. <laughs> that's a spicy <laughs> meatball. <laughs> Oh my god! I like yours better. So C
2: I T C actually is
0: Pat Chicks in the city.
2: No, oh. Caroline in the city.
0: Caroline, what is yeah, that?
2: Leah Thompson sitcom. Leah Thompson. Oh well, Leah Thompson, Hank's area. I got nothing.
0: Don't remember that at all.
2: That's I do, about, that's about right. You probably shouldn't. Yeah, do like it. I remember it vanilla?
1: existed, but that's nothing beyond that. All yeah, right. it
0: was. It was okay. All right, so TV shows premiering this week include Goosebumps, Yellow. very topical, and Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Wait, cartoon. what?
2: Yeah, I didn't realize Dumb and Dumber was it had a cartoon TV show. Really? Yeah,
0: That was is a brief run of a cartoon show. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Are you? I hear you tapping to look it up. Though. Yeah, I am. I am looking it up, and it ran for about a year, roughly. I mean, granted, it does look like them,
3: but look who's in the who was in the who was a voice talents: Matt Fruer, Bill Fagerbakke, the guy you know, Dauber. Did you uh, say Tom Fag- Kenny, Bronson Fagerbakke? I don't know how you say his name: <laughs> F-A-G-E-R-B-A-K-K-E.
2: <laughs> f- I want you, I want you to say that like that, Ermintrud
0: girl, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Fagerbacke, Bill He was Dauber on Coach, and he's he's Patrick on SpongeBob.
1: It was a uh, Tom Cullen. M O O N spells Tom Cullen.
3: I oh.
2: do like that guy.
3: So anyway, yeah, it's got. I mean, it had some good talent, and it was a, it was a attempt at t- translating the movie.
0: That was a thing, because obviously we know after RoboCop, it should definitely be turned into a children's Sullivan show,
3: <laughs> right? Because that's how it works. Right.
2: I so, would like to see it just to give it a shot. Cha- a shot. A shot. Johnny Love
3: Chachi. Hey, give it a shot, mate.
2: That's what I was thinking. It's like that when you when you watch it while eating a burrito.
3: Well, I mean, if you're going to mention that, there was also Police Academy, the TV series. There's Ace Ventura, the TV series. You
0: know
2: what Metal else juice. had a TV series?
0: What? Sports. And, uh, October curious. 25th, Bobby Riggs, American tennis player and winner of the U.S. Open in 1939. I said and, and 1941, died of prostate cancer at 77. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he made it to 77. I mean, that's respectable for somebody who uh, was in his prime in 39.
1: Yeah, I oh. actually didn't know that Bobby Riggs I, – like, I knew he was a tennis player, but I didn't know he was a tennis player that far back. Yeah.
2: Huh. That's why <clears throat> by the time he challenged Martin uh, – um, not Martin uh, – Billie Jean King, he was in his, like, 50s. So that's why he said, he, you know, he still thought he – he made a big deal out of beating a woman because he's like, I'm, you know – Twenty years <laughs> retired can still beat you. <laughs> oh nice.
0: Aww. So on October twenty seventh, the contract finalizing the Cleveland Browns move to Baltimore is signed. The Baltimore Browns?
2: Baltimore Ravens. Oh. oh. Cleveland kept the name and they got another team named the Browns a couple Why years later. Why did not they
1: just get their own team and start No, beat- it's law. Like if I were to move to Baltimore, I'd be Josh Raven. So, well, then why last
2: don't we all move to Baltimore right now? <laughs> <laughs> that would mean we're related.
0: Man, if I moved to Baltimore, my name would be Mike, Ra- Mike Raven.
1: No, it only works with the word brown.
2: Ah, fuck. Oh, never okay.
0: mind. Oh, well, so anyway, Merrick Pringle. <laughs> 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 Can't eat just one. Oh, wait, that's lazy. Takes a cricket. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Merrick Pringle is the cricketiest name.
2: <laughs> it is. <laughs> I guarantee you it's Sir Merrick Pringle.
3: And there's an asterisk
0: after it. Yeah. <laughs> He's never been out. <laughs> Let me out of my house. No, that way we have to take away the, the asterisk. Uh and he, he takes, lives
2: just in one round tower.
0: <laughs> he uh, takes a cricket hat trick.
2: Come on, nobody. I thought that was pretty
0: good. No, that wasn't good mm-hmm. at all. Uh, in pretty England.
2: Cool. Nothing? No. At, Not doing anything for you. Is this thing on?
0: No. <laughs> tour game at Soweto, a hat trick occurs in cricket when a bowler dismisses three batsmen with consecutive deliveries. I have... N-
1: I was with you until deliveries.
0: Right. They must be three consecutive deliveries by the individual bowler in the same match. Now, is... I, I wonder if a delivery... You were
2: lucky that I truncated that, by the way.
0: I am so glad you truncated that.
2: <laughs>
1: Let's I wonder go if a delivery is... Is it when you hit the wicket? Maybe. We'll just say Merrick Pringle again. What does on. Wicked have to do
0: anything? It has nothing to do with Star Wars.
2: <laughs>
1: no, the, a wicket's a thing in cricket.
2: Yeah, it is. The wicket wicked in cricket? but, cricket but the cricket wick- it's, it's called the cricket wicket.
3: <laughs> a wicket is a cricket, a stickety licket. Merrick Pringle. <laughs> my <laughs> brain, brain hurts. On, All right, Somebody so... stuck his hand in him once and couldn't get back out when they were trying to get the crumbs at the bottom.
2: All right, the Atlanta Braves wrap hey, up the world. You're not laugh at my tower joke. I'm not laughing at that joke. So there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, my God, it's funny. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Merrick Pringer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Atlanta
0: Braves wrap up a World Series on October 28th by beating the Cleveland Indians in six games. That I understand. I'm just going to confess that I'm never going to understand cricket.
2: I think you've confessed this before.
0: Well, I think it should be confessed again.
2: i I'm <laughs> trying.
1: But like I said, I, I was up there. I, I understood bowler. I understood dismissed. I understood batsman. Deliveries lost.
2: Is that, is that what they call it when you run down the pitch and throw it? Is that the, a delivery?
1: Probably. Well, that might be. Like See, a delivery is a synonym for pitch. So, like, it
2: only, it only took one pitch each guy, and he did it three times in a row.
1: So he struck out three guys in a row, essentially.
0: With one
2: pitch. No, no, he, he got three outs in a row with one pitch.
1: That, like, that is our hypothesis, and Nikki will call to tell us why we're completely wrong. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait.
0: So he pitched the ball once, and three guys missed it all at the same time.
2: No, no, no. He pitched oh. one time, and he hit it, and, he, and they got him out. And then the next guy hit it, got him out. Next guy hit it, got him out.
1: Or there is – because I don't think you get three strikes in cricket. There may be some sort of uh, condition.
2: Each guy guy came up one time.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying to Mike is like even if the guys didn't hit it, there might be another condition under which they're dismissed if you bowl in a certain way. That was why I was guessing that uh, maybe the wicket was hit. Because I I think the wicket's behind the batsman, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, because his objective is to knock the wickets down. No. And your objective is to protect the wickets as the batsman. Yeah, I'm the
1: bag. Confused. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, we could look this shit up, but it's way more fun to determine cricket by context and getting it wrong. Oh, it is.
2: But I we're think- going to invent some kind of fun game while we're doing it,
1: right? Okay, so goosebumps from the uh, very popular series of children's books published by R.L. Stein. Yeah, they uh. They decided to turn these into a kind of
0: Tales from the Crypt for kids. Tales I'd from say the that's the dark side. Yeah. yeah, Tales from the Crypt, yeah. Yeah. Um so this came out in 1995 and starred such st- <laughs> starred, starred such people as Hayden Christensen in Night of the Living Dummy 3, parts 1 and 2. Um and, <laughs> and That was
2: the invention of Slappy, wasn't it?
0: No, that was, no, Slappy the the uh, puppet came around in Night of the Living Dummy Part 2, which is actually the first one to show up on the TV show.
1: Right, it's a sequel to the Night of the Living Dummy 1, which was only a book, if I recall. Right, right
0: which the the original book featured a
3: character by the name of Mr. Wood, and yeah. Slappy didn't come in until the very last couple pages, and he had one line.
0: Alright, we are going, okay, before we get into this. This came out in 1995. The show, yes. I was married a year later. I don't. Two years later, did any me. of us actually watch this when we were kids, or is this the first viewing for all of us? First viewing for me.
2: Same here. Uh,
3: I I started watching it about a month ago when we saw the movie, and Isaiah fell in love with it.
1: Although. uh Side note, because I am the youngest of the four of us, and my wife is six years younger than I am, she was the appropriate age to watch this at broadcast. Did her. she? <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. Really? Yes. Did
2: Wow, mm. so she's in the same uh, demographic as Isaiah then. Interesting. <laughs>
1: yes, they're the same age. I just got really <laughs> creeped out. Can,
3: can we get her on the show to talk about it?
1: Uh, not after 10 o'clock p.m., <laughs> Ah shit! Okay, she turned back into a pumpkin. What <clears throat> <It> happened? <laughs> oh, she gets up for working a, a grown-up job, unlike me. Mm. All right,
0: so we, um, what we did is the Goosebumps TV show has got a lot of shows. There's four or five seasons of this, and instead of trying to, instead of trying to watch as much as we could, I went through the movie and pulled out the episodes that we. That kind of coincided with with them, which were uh, The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena. which I couldn't fo- find that one on Netflix. No, yeah, I couldn't either. There yeah, was never that, actually a TV that show. That was not a TV show. It was book uh. 38. It was not an episode. Night of the Living Dummy. That actually, uh, Slappy the Dummy shows up in season one, two, and three.
2: Yep. Was that him, supposedly, at the end of that episode that saved? No, life?
1: Slappy's the main villain in, yeah.
0: in
2: each face- his face then definitely changed by the next episode. Yeah. That's
1: correct. Uh, he, He's, The dummy yeah. that represents Slappy is different, I believe, every time. Nope.
2: Because stays it stays the, the same. same in the movie as it was at the end of the, of the last episode. Nope. What? Clarify for us. Yeah, would you just say more than nope, damn it?
3: Slappy the dummy is the same in all three episodes on the TV show, but in the movie they redid him for but it's the same character just they redid. Okay, you know, that's what I
1: was saying is that
2: yeah, okay. Oh, I get you. All right. Got it. But well then yeah. I was just talking out of my ass.
1: He's he's the most popular character from the
3: book series.
2: Yes. yes.
1: And he was one that I wanted to make sure I watched all the slappy
2: episodes. Right. I didn't get to, unfortunately. So also there was uh
0: Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes, My Best Friend Is Invisible, Shocker on Shock Street, which initially I watched this one, but unfortunately I was, I, I just Googled it and I found it on Pornhub. Yeah, I was gonna say, you don't <laughs> want to <a> Google Shocker. <laughs> I was Never like, can. I was like, this is like the opposite of scary. This isn't scary, and this isn't for children at all. When did this dig turn to pink? <laughs> Also, oh shit! Also, there was Werewolf of Fever Swamp, which is a two-parter. I am going to talk about that one when we get to it. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, didn't, I didn't get to see that. That was the last. Uh, the Shocker on Shock Street was the last one I got to see. Yeah,
0: and um, I skipped the Werewolf as well. Oh, um,
2: I, I did watch the Blob that ate everyone. though.
0: Of course, you gotta, you gotta, and Attack of the Graveyard Ghouls, which I think did not get a TV show,
2: <laughs> and the oh, Blob okay, that, that ate it. everyone. It what?
0: The Blob that ate everyone. Oh yeah. That was a blob one. So and like I had said, some some uh actors got their start on this also, so like Hayden Christensen, uh Laura Vandervoot. Vandervert? (laughs) Vandervert uh she was on Smallville and Bitten. Uh huh. Kevin Zeggers uh was also best known for the Mortal City and Instrument of Bones. Uh and Colin Mockery.
3: I watched this episode because of that. He was he had had one
0: line. (laughs) Yep. Kid exits that way. <laughs> that is terrible. That is and Ryan Gosling, which should say cheese and die.
2: You're supposed to say the dreamy Ryan Gosling.
0: Well, uh, it's just assumed.
2: Is, <laughs> is there, there another one? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's contractually. Everybody has to say it. Oh,
3: it's like it's a writer on this contract. Yep. A Winona writer. Okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> so yeah, this was first viewing for me, and uh to say I was unimpressed is a bit of an understatement. Like Are we I, talking
2: about any individual episode yet? Or are you just saying overall? Oh overall,
1: every episode I watched was like pulling teeth.
2: Yeah, there was there was a very childish quality to the episodes, and I don't mean that in a good way. They're Canadian, cut them some slack.
1: Well, and I, you know, if the acting were competent or like, I I get it. It's a kid's show. So I'm not expecting Slappy to start chopping off limbs or anything, (laughs) but like something about it should be good. And uh, a couple of them, the effects were okay. But in general, like uh, poor scripting, very samey scripting and bad acting kind of made these difficult for me to sit through.
3: Now. I left a little bit of trivia at the last, after all the, the notable things, where it was originally rated, you know, GB7 or TV for no one under seven should watch it. And after watching it, both with Isaiah and then on my own, I can kind of see why. Because it can get a pretty, it, I mean, if you think of it from that perspective, it can get a little intense.
0: What can? the The TV show? Yeah, for, if you think of it from that age group, not from...
2: From, from like a six or seven-year-old. You're you're right. right.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, six or, six or seven-year-old will be pissing their pants on some of this stuff.
2: Ghouls and not lawn gnomes coming to life and werewolves and things, <sighs> and things like that, they're they're kind of scary if you're six or seven, yeah, no so, matter how poorly done they are.
0: Well, I mean, especially at that age, I mean, you, they've got TV7 rating on this thing. A seven-year-old, all they need—I mean, they don't need much for their uh, imagination to take over and run them down the street, type of thing. So,
1: right, yeah. I mean, before the age of six, there are still kids that are frightened by like the toilet. Was Fuck that an episode that. I wait, piss wait, in the wait, wait, yard? Are you saying you're not. No, well, may, maybe uh, today, but there were wasps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, what,
1: Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Oh, God,
0: yeah, they were at the front door in the bathroom. <laughs> i worse a So, The Abominable Luckily, Snowman. He called, he
2: called someone to remove them.
0: The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena, that actually was a book, and I don't think we're not covering that, so we're just going to skip right over that bad boy. But, Night of the Living Dummy, did all of us watch that one? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. I watched all three. What friggin' family does yeah. show and I gonna, tell?
2: I was going to say it if nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> was, what kind okay. of a horrible, horrible nightmare existence is it for those children?
0: That every night they have to do show-and-tell with their
2: family. And they have a little mini talent show all the time, and everything has to be completely G-rated.
1: Right, because when Slappy started doing the insult comedy at the family, it was all incredibly mild, and everyone was really, really
2: mad. Yeah, They were I... recoiled in horror at someone not loving every spoonful of saccharin given to them by this strange family.
0: And that was the thing, is honestly, I don't, if, okay, let's say for a wild chance, Sophie gets a hold of a mannequin, of a, of a ventriloquist dummy, which isn't going to happen because like me, she is healthily frightened as shit (laughs) of ventriloquist (laughs) dummies.
1: They are naturally terrifying.
0: Right. This is, this is not, this is not a, a bad thing. This is the defense mechanism that has been in place over hundreds and hundreds of years. So, if if Sophie sits down, has a mannequin, and that mannequin starts talking, as the same time she is saying, it's not me, I am going to be first really impressed that she is doing such a great job with her ventriloquism. <laughs> and then the other part of my brain is going to go,
2: hey, I think that thing is possessed. Like... Her voice doesn't get that deep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean that, that. I don't know what world. Okay, okay. A couple of the tropes that f- that are in the Goosebumps world: parents and adults are so stupid.
2: Yeah, or and the kids
0: scientists. know everything.
2: They're they're either too smart for the for, to be involved in the plot, or they're just complete morons.
1: In which case, the complete morons sing in that living dummy. Yeah, and almost every single episode, a kid says, "This is going to sound crazy, but
2: it's almost <laughs> Scooby." No one ever will believe them the first time until they see actual proof.
0: Right. Yeah. So, all of us watched *Night of the Living Dummy*. Was it? What? I mean, if you were a kid, let's say you're eight years old, would this
1: freak you out? Do you think? I actually think her original dummy was scarier than Slappy oh i know right the off-center weird like whole dead face weird eyes fucked up hair
0: yeah i i honestly was more frightened by the dummy with the lazy eye than i was by slappy did i ever tell you i dated a girl with a lazy eye
3: yes okay
0: so anyway um the dummy Uh, really freaked the crap out of me especially at the end that was it i just but just because i hate dummies
1: (laughs) yes man's natural predator (laughs) <laughs> the ventriloquist is the ultimate machismo, demonstrating his mastery. Have you ever seen magic? That'll make it, we got to watch
0: that for some reason or another. Magic, 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 or Ma- magic the magic the movie. Yes,
3: I've seen it. It's scary with uh, Anthony Hopkins.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think I've seen it as well. It's been a while though, and uh, with Anthony Hopkins and directed by Richard Attenborough, hmm. sir.
2: Is that the life story of, of Doug Henning, the magician. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what it is. Go into that. Mm-hmm. Watching it,
2: and it's got <laughs> Anne
0: Margaret. <laughs> Ooh, oh, well I'm in.
2: Yeah, I'm in it for that. <laughs> so let's anyway, let's move on to Lawn Gnome, shall <laughs> right. we? Lawn Gnome about Margaret some more.
3: Wait, did we go through all? Th- are we talking about all three of the Night of Living Dummies that we watched, or just? I only
0: first? watched the first one because after yeah, the first right, me one, me too. Yeah, after yep. the first Uh-oh. one, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. I, I will
1: admit, I watched the absolute minimum of the Goosebumps TV show that I felt I could get away with. Well,
3: because if you continue to watch them, there's a creepy girl doll in the second one that he, she, he wants to. You think he wants it's to marry like my her, neighbor? He He's got a creepy to, girl doll. He actually wants to marry the little girl, <laughs> and <laughs> so much better. the doll, the little girl doll, wants to marry him, and is actually alive too. Where um, she is. And then in the third one, the, uh, they, he brings to life another puppet that's a, like a, a mobster. (laughs) And, um, and at this point, they've stopped doing the, the special effects where they have somebody like.
2: His enforcers go around giving people termites.
3: Well, he tries to move the, they try to move the doll. At this point, they have people in actual costumes running around in the dummy costumes, like midgets, the ones from the lawn gnomes (laughs) episode.
0: You're uh-huh. you're not selling me on this. I'm going to tell you that, right. <laughs> I'm just filling you in because okay. I watched I watched all of them. Okay. So
2: I feel like we made the right decision of not watching this. Yeah, one. I'm yeah. glad
0: you took the bullet for us, Joel. <laughs> but um, well,
2: well done.
3: I watched them from a child's perspective, and I enjoyed them. Yeah, they're cheesy and they're hokey and all that, but we'll get to some other interesting points later. But
0: all right, so, I had fun with it. <clears throat> Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes, starring. Some huge lawn gnomes. Yes, very large. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Hand—is that who that was? Who was that? <laughs> well,
3: they had to have them be able to move around somehow. No, no,
0: no, no. I'm, t- I'm saying, I'm like, I at first I thought the next door neighbor, the, the, um, uh, the major. I thought it was Mr. Hand from Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
2: Oh. No, 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 Mr. No. Hand. I thought you were no. talking, never mind. I, would, I was thinking a complete different Mr. Hand. Um.
3: <laughs> You're thinking of Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hand. <laughs> no, no, Mr.
2: Hand. I wasn't thinking of that one either. So, ne- don't, Mantra don't, don't, McCall
1: don't. was played by David Hemblin. Okay. Yeah,
2: he was. Um, he did some, I, I know who it was because I recognized him immediately and now I'm trying to remember. I
1: mean, he's a character actor. He's been on yeah. a bunch of stuff. He and was on uh, Nero Wolfe. I don't know if any, anyone besides me watched Narrow Wolf. Yeah, he's got to be Canadian because
3: everybody in this show is Canadian.
1: Oh yeah, he was also a series regular on uh La Femme Nikita. <clears throat> oh. Till, like 1999 to 2000.
2: Was he on Malcolm in the Middle as well?
1: Uh does not appear so. Why didn't no. I look up I looked up I looked up David Hemblin
0: and I got a picture of uh what's his name? Um Ethan Embry. No. Yeah, uh, he's also Ethan
1: well Hall. known for And Margaret Repeatedly yes. uh, and,
4: and
1: repeatedly voicing uh Magneto for X-Men cartoons and video games. Oh, no. oh, okay. Well there you go. Uh Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. First off,
0: I don't care if they're free. I am not putting those damn lawn gnomes <laughs> on my lawn. First off, they're
2: they're like four feet tall. And well, can we first just talk about the decor of both lawns in oh, go general? Ahead.
3: Go ahead. They were trying to win a contest.
2: But what was the contest? How to make your yard look like Mario designed it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes.
2: I mean, just I just have a random porcelain deer here in the middle of my yard that doesn't even look realistic at all. Over here, I have a tree in a box that obviously just came from the nursery, and I just set it down, surrounded by potted plants that I'm not going to take out of the pot.
1: And how many times does a uh, neighbor have to threaten your children before you just call the police? <laughs> Holy crap, I know. Honest to God, I mean there were
0: so many times okay, we're watching the uh the Lawnromes episode with the girls, and I was like, if I ever cave, like that father does, after the neighbor comes over and talks shit directly at you, like, call the cops. Obviously I've gone rich I've gone like mentally disabled.
2: No <laughs> Mike is just gonna start choking bitches.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like that guy. I have so much rage to <laughs> funnel at you right now.
1: <laughs> to be fair, if the neighbor in question is a military person, as this character was, I don't recommend that particular curse of action.
2: <laughs> oh, but do yes,
1: something.
0: Yes, you don't please, live next please, to a please, family please, with 13
2: kids. To, Mike, to, to Mad Mike. <laughs> yeah.
3: I don't know. I think that guy may have been an honorary title.
2: Yeah. That guy was That guy was all talk.
3: Yeah. I don't think he was a major of anything. Major douche, exactly, <laughs> <Yes, he was. laughs> Mister Hand. You're a
0: dick. <clears throat> okay, this I think is the highlight of how terrible the effects and could be in uh, Goosebumps, especially when the lawn, lawn gnomes close their eyes and look like they had drawn uh, the uh,
1: fake eyes on their eyelids with sharpies. Yeah. And then at the end, from the entire series, there's only two lawn gnomes until the kids need to get chased. And then there's, like, six.
2: Four. Yeah, where do they all come from all of a sudden? Store. Well, that solves that. Thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, this this was definitely, I think, one of the lowest points in, in all, of all the episodes that I watched.
0: All right. <clears throat> did any of us watch... Wait, did... Okay, first off, before we get over the lawn gnomes, did any of us actually enjoy watching anything up to this point yes besides joel
1: no (laughs) all right (laughs) no i so did not enjoy anything goosebumps related in the first half of this show
2: no not at all
1: i am going to tell you right
0: now
2: when when, when one would end it would be like what do i gotta watch next
0: (laughs) i watched night of the living dummy revenge of the lawn gnomes with both of my daughters by the end of it one of them had disappeared and I felt like I needed to apologize to everybody. <laughs> like twenty minutes long. Not I, that that long. doesn't matter. Twenty minutes of getting kicked in the nuts is still twenty minutes of getting <laughs> kicked in the nuts. They felt a lot longer than twenty minutes. Yeah, they did. So my best friend is invisible. Who watched that? I did. I did. Yeah. All right. You talk about that. I missed that one.
3: Well, one of the things that he talks about <laughs> in in the movie is that you know there's the beginning, the middle, and the twist. And this one, honestly, had a twist that even though the way it was played out at the end was a little r- silly. Yeah. Uh,
2: like, why, why do they – I mean, they they had it, and then they threw it away.
3: Until the, the hair with the faces in it, right. I, I was like, Hack- wow, that's a really kind of a neat twist.
2: Yeah. Like, it's almost like the others, you know, that kind of twist. I was yeah, like, oh, right, that, all right, that's not so bad. It's kind of interesting. It's a little bit hackneyed and forced, but it's, you know. And then, they, then suddenly they turn around, and they have faces in their hair. And I was but, like, okay, well, now I'm out.
3: <laughs> no, but this is an example of, of what I'm talking about with this seven year old thing where they're talking about it being, you know, too mature for some kids. Is that this one actually gets a little dark because these people are come the aliens are coming after this kid who's the last human on Earth. And yeah, they're going to do some pretty <sighs> horrible things to him, it looks like. So, kind of dark.
2: Well, the, one of the episodes that I watched was, um, I don't remember what the title of it was, but it was about a girl who um, was always talking about monsters with her family and threatening her little brother with monsters. And, you know, and her, her parents were always chastising her. And the twist at the end was, you know, she ended up finding an actual monster and he chased her all the way to her house. And the, the twist at the end was her parents were actually monsters. They were like a half snake and they killed him and ate him. That's pretty dark. I mean, you know, the, yeah. Like, what are you having for dinner? Like, uh, we think you.
3: <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That's what uh, another. Even though the the effects aren't all that great and the stories sometimes are a little hokey, it's for that age group. It's it gets pretty.
2: I mean, pretty to have to, to introduce death to you know to something yeah, that's a pretty okay. Big concept.
0: Here's a question: Did R.L. Stein show up at the beginning of that one? Which one? The whatever one Pat was just talking about, where oh. there was actual death.
3: Yeah, he wasn't in all of them.
0: Because there seems like there's some of them where R.L. Stine would show up and he'd be like, now, let's all know that there's no such thing as a werewolf.
2: (laughs) No, I didn't see any of those, no.
0: No, the werewolf of Fever Swamp. um, On that one, he actually, beforehand, he was like, there's some legends about werewolves. Werewolves (laughs) are not real. So, I mean, I, I guess at one point or another, they p- kept pushing it a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, until finally, like, dude, you're freaking the shit out of the kids. You gotta say something. <laughs> this isn't real, but, you know, and then he, at the end of it, he's, like, wearing a werewolf arm and telling him that there's no werewolves around. Right.
3: Well, so, and he's like, don't look at my mole.
0: Right. Mole. So, Shocker on Shock Street. Who watched that one? I did. I didn't. Yeah. Oh. What? I thought that one was uh, clever. I mean, no, I'm just saying. I watched the one with the three fingers.
2: It was. Oh. So, I mean, the shotgun <laughs> on Street was all right until um, they basically you just discovered the only thing you could ever do to troubleshoot a fully animatronic passable robot, passable as a human robot, is one little on-off switch in the back. That's all you can do. Like, <laughs> like that one breaks down and all he does, he stands and goes on-off, 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 on-off. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> have you
1: tried turning it off and on again?
2: Exactly <laughs> several times. Oh, now now they're attacking you. <laughs> well, reach around and try and turn it on and off again, guys.
3: Yeah. Suspension of disbelief. I mean, <laughs> seriously, have a little bit of a reset your brain to be in eight, ten years old or whatever on a Saturday morning.
1: There I is, would have found this insulting to my intelligence at five. <laughs> 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 okay, well then you're four, and
2: <laughs> I kind of have to agree.
0: This this is not a good TV show. I mean, honestly, coming from the fact that this is made in 1995, this is post um a Jurassic Park, and I hate to use that as like a benchmark. As a, yeah, be, but after
2: but th- ju- this is this is like the the okay, this is the Dean Koontz of children's writing.
1: I, I I don't think that I mean I know you don't like Dean Koontz, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan either.
2: But I'm I, saying it's it's like it's formulaic, flavorless, and it's 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 talking down to its audience.
1: That's the thing I think that gets me is like most of the stuff, even if it's uh, designed for a very, very young audience, I have a great deal of respect for something that does not condescend to its target audience. And this constantly underestimates and condescends to its target audience, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I dislike them so much.
3: See, and I I disagree with that. I, I thought that he was playing to his audience and expecting them... Expecting more out of them than just what was out there. I mean, it, to I, me, I think it was...
2: he introduced adult subjects, but he did it in a very Hockneyed way.
3: Well, he he was he was playing with a lot of uh, concepts and and characters and ideas that you have to be careful with. And it, like, yeah, but he, he didn't have
2: to turn every one of his protagonists into just a, a vanilla lump of flesh.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some pretty deep and heavy concepts in Pixar films as well. And Pixar never condescends to children. It was the 90s.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He had a mole. Well, Well, you know, he's (laughs) got his trump card right there. It was the 90s.
3: It was (laughs) was Canadian. It was the 90s. They're flip top heads.
0: All right. So, well, wait. Now, out of all the ones that I watched, Werewolf of Fever Swamp, that was a two-parter. Right. That seemed to be pretty much the more intense out of all the ones that I had Very watched. Very much so. Now, first off.
2: <clears throat> I didn't get to that one. Yeah, no, I skipped like, this one as well. So, Joel, you did you out. have.
0: You, have you seen this one, Joel? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. I okay.
2: wanted to watch this one, I just didn't get a chance to get to it.
0: If you're going to buy a house in a swamp, who the hell buys a house sight
1: unseen? I mean, I'd forgive it for that because that happens in horror movies. Even if they're not goosebumps. Okay, and well, second, one
2: day all this will be yours. And what, what kind of science kinds? are
0: they?
4: What
3: kind of scientists are they that they're studying releasing deers in a swamp? Yeah, what the fuck react?
0: kind of tr- what kind of science? We're gonna get these deers and we're gonna release them into a swamp and see what happens. They're and gonna drown in for, the swamp. Step four, profit. Yeah, exactly. Not, and second of all, their that kid's habitat. That kid's face was huge.
3: Oh, yeah, he did have a big face. But here's the thing with that one is, yes, it was one. It was the most intense out of the bunch. That that end scene when the werewolf actually starts attacking gets pretty intense. But what got me was at the end, the little boy straight up kills his best friend. Who's the werewolf? He straight up murders him by, well, his dog does, by pushing him into the swamp. And then he lets him die.
0: Okay, at first, okay, he was not his best friend. He was a, a kid that he knew for like a week.
3: It was his only friend that he had in the swamp, because it was the only other kid around.
0: Okay, I'll give you that. Yes. Did the old man get gored to death by the werewolf? He was murdered by the werewolf. I'm not sure how. Because you never saw him again. And at the end of it, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, that sure seemed like a werewolf, but I don't think it really was, because werewolves don't exist.
1: Well,
3: after he'd murdered his best friend, they'd been terrorized by this monster. They're all just sitting around. Ha, 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 ha. They're
0: having dinner. They should not be all sitting around having dinner. They should be sitting in the waiting room for the psychologist to finish working with the kid who just drowned his best friend.
3: Right. And then you see the, the, the creature's skull come out of the, the swamp.
2: That was. It, it doesn't affect you as much as you think.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really kind of. Insane how much they got away with in that episode.
2: No,
0: I, I agree with you. And I think that's where I got the idea that, I mean, I had, I had wasn't able to watch all these, but I thought, like, especially in this one, this is the one where R.L. Stein showed up at the very beginning. It was like, Hey, everybody, I'm going to show you a movie and it's not real. Don't freak out because otherwise my TV show is going to get
1: canceled. You ladies, you whose gentle hearts do fear. <laughs>
0: Now, now what about, okay, the Attack of the Graveyard Ghouls, all of us skipped over that one. Uh, The blob that ate everyone. Well, he actually only ate
3: one person.
1: Right. And it borderline hentai. Yeah, it was weird. It was like the the actual blob eating. It was like Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs.
0: That's exactly what I wrote down here. <laughs> I wrote pizza the he hut. It was like up
2: in a closet and ate himself.
0: It was bed. like pe- pizza the hut with a penis tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got out of that.
2: Would it be like a breadstick coming out?
0: No, it was like purple and throbbing. Yikes.
2: <laughs> Although that's say <laughs> oh my- that again but slower. <laughs> purple and throbbing.
1: Looking
0: at
2: the
1: cover of the original Goosebumps book for this one, the uh, tongue is like the focus of the. You got the huge blob, and there's the giant tongue, like down the street.
0: But but is the tongue
1: purple and throbbing? Oh, it's, it's it's pink in the book.
0: <laughs> throbbing.
3: <laughs> well, and this one, I thought it was an interesting concept. But, again, poorly executed. And if they go into this burned out store, the kid's about to steal the typewriter. Right. And then the woman's like, what are you doing here? Oh, you can have it. Yeah. He's like, trying mean, and, to steal and, from you.
2: And she was mystical for no reason at all.
3: Well, and she's like, <laughs> like the, the, I just the building lost.
2: got hit by lightning. And, and you know, that means a ghost lives there who gives away the things that are still there that aren't burnt up.
3: Well, but she was like, "I've lost everything in this fire. I, I've everything I ever had was in this place. Oh, but here's this one item that's still in good shape. You can take it if you want,
2: <laughs> even it's though like, it well, just
0: electrocuted you."
2: Yeah, and he's right. all like, "Oh, I'm going to go right back and touch it again." And you then I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to be like, "Okay, not going to touch that again."
3: <laughs> but you got to admit, the kid that he that got
1: eaten deserved it. Did you guys catch the X Files poster? Yeah, I yes, saw it in the did. video back. store. Yeah, yeah. I totally saw that one.
2: Yeah, I also caught the kid that was wearing my vest. Ha ha. Ha <laughs> those, were coo- those were cool at one point.
0: Yeah, for like 20 minutes. Shut up. Denim in jackets Texas. with the sleeves cut off were never cool. I hate to in tell Texas. you that. They were,
2: they were for a while. They were. <laughs> Go listen. back to our fashion episode and listen in. It's Listeners,
0: in I want Texas. you to let us know when and where were denim, j- denim uh, jackets with the sleeves cut off ever cool
3: high fashion in canada herman Gerd. if you're one of the
1: cobra kai
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i kind of was i was a bully
1: (laughs) that's true all right you're a wooly bully uh the blob
0: that everyone honestly it could have been cool if they had stuck to everything that if they had kind of like alluded to the fact that everything that the kids thought about became true
1: well, yeah, and this is one where they changed the ending from the book. I, I read up on this one, and the ending, the twist that they left out was actually good. It was the best part of the book, uh, that at the end, this there's a pink and a green blob, and they're like happy, friendly blobs, and they're reading the story that was written by Zach, and they think it's awesome, especially when Adam gets eaten. But then the green blob suggests that the ending should be changed so the blob eats everyone. And that's the reason why the whole thing is the blob that ate everyone, even though only one person died. Same, same in the book. So there's like, blo- there's blobs talking about it? Yes. It's like this, this was a story that at the end is being How do told they hold to the blobs. Book?
3: With their tentacles.
2: With their tongues?
3: How do you hold the book?
2: Well, they don't have arms and opposable thumbs. There's blobs. Sticky tentacles. Yeah, but those are no good for turning pages.
0: Now we're back to the hentai. You. What? Says you.
2: No, what did no, say? I'm talking my, I, 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 I said
0: hentai. Know. That's all I thought about the whole oh, thing. Oh,
2: okay. That was not worth me. I was like,
0: after I saw that, like, pulsating purple tongue, I was like, this is <laughs> Revenge of the Overfiend all over again.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: now that'd make a good TV series for kids.
2: <laughs> no, oh, God. Yes. So, again, yeah, I mean...
0: so. Okay, are we going to... let? uh, Do you want to do a thumbs up, thumbs down now?
2: It seems pretty obvious.
3: I think it's pretty obvious what you guys think.
0: What do
2: you think so nice?
0: What? I I felt bad that I made my family watch this stuff.
1: (laughs) Worse than everything except Van Halen's jump. (laughs) See, and, and my family was already watching it, so...
2: See, I mean, I don't think this was just like you know horrible awfulness. It just was very bland and and non. I don't know. I have no. I have no. Real, I, I nothing. There.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. There was no depth to
1: anything.
2: Right.
0: It was the smart kid sees what's happening. The dumb parents do not see it.
1: I mean, that and was, no one will listen to him. that was my gag at the top of the show is how, how samey these all were. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe my expectations were set a li- little bit high because scary stories were a, like, cornerstone of my prediscovering Dungeons and Dragons existence. Well, yeah, because, I mean, honestly, this is, if this is
0: post, um, Tales from the Crypt for us.
2: I was, uh, in, all, in all honesty, I was looking forward to this week because I've always heard about Goosebumps and I've never read them. I've never seen the show and I've heard, like, you know, and in, in the great numbers and just tons of followers and, you know, so many books sold. I was actually looking forward to this and I didn't really like any of the episodes.
3: Well, but we'll talk about the, the book number sales in the second half I put up as part of the trivia. But I think that's where we've got to disconnect a little bit because none of us have read the books. So we're strictly basing it off of the TV series adaptation, which is never going to be the same.
1: That's fair, and I, that was one of the reasons why some of these I went to the wiki to look at the difference between the book and the television adaptation, and found that in some of them, like I said, with the blob that ate everyone, the best part was excised from the TV adaptation.
2: Yeah, and th- if- I mean, that would have been that would have been fun to to watch, but I think. You know, like, probably television, the producers decided that, that would be too too much of a mind fuck for the seven-year-olds out there.
3: <laughs> well, but consider how many books have been written. I mean, even though Arlstein didn't write all of them, I mean, you think about how many are in the series and how long it's been running. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, they're still being produced. There's like 163 books or something like that. I mean, so obviously there's something about the books that has a staying power that... that the TV series obviously couldn't latch on to.
0: Well, I think the thing that you're, the thing that's the, the, uh, dividing line between those is it's a book between a TV show. If I'm reading a book, my mind will take an idea and run like Forrest Gump to the end of the earth with it. And that's why I wind up closing my closet door, taking all the dirty laundry piles out of the, bedroom because obviously there's a blob in there and it's looking at me i mean that's that's the difference between the tv show and
2: oh that's just jay
0: (laughs) it is just jay and there's
3: 182 books i just checked
0: right i mean but i mean if you have a kid who is seven and eight years old and he's reading uh my best friend is invisible or shocker on shock street his head is going to take that scenario and amplify it more than any tv show ever will and i think that's why the books sold so much because the books were actually a way for the kids i mean it's like like almost like they said in the uh in the movie it's it's preteen stephen king
3: and it's a way for them to work through their fears right because everybody has the fears of the dummies or their fear of werewolves or their fear of of um, stuff that they can't tell what it is in the dark right
0: when i was 12 i had a fear of hentai penises if this (laughs) was around when i was 12 i would have been all right i've been like hey
1: it just wants to shake hands well and a lot of early horror even horror that is targeted to kids usually has some sort of message like there is some sort of moral lesson to be learned usually the person who is uh eaten by a monster has something bad that they did that caused them to meet their end. And they're I'm not going to say that...
2: Master, they're a chronic masturbator or something.
1: something like that. Like, all, all the way back to, like, classic horror poems tar- targeted at kids. And I'm not going to say that element wasn't here at all, but it was way less than I've come to expect from horror, even horror targeted at kids. See,
3: and I think this was more about the the twist factor. I think that that was the... the what they brought up in the movie is that His whole philosophy was, you know, the beginning, the middle, and then some sort of twist at the end to give you a hook. And I just want to say this because of what Mike said. I'm a All right.
1: So are we ready to go to the break and then come back and talk about the film. I'm totally good with that.
3: I think I think we've covered it and given it a fair shake on both sides.
1: All right. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Goosebumps, the 2015 movie starring Jack Black. Right.
0: (laughs) We're back to the Gershberg. All right, so for the then, we watched the TV show. And by watched, I mean put up with. (laughs) Now we have the movie that came out starring Jack Black, of all people.
2: I actually didn't know he was in this movie going into it, so it was a slight, pre- sl- yeah, present. What? I was happy with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, so All right, we've heard from Porky Pig.
2: I didn't, I didn't, I just, I didn't mean to Porky Pig that up. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Goosebumps came out 2015 last year, directed by Rob Letterman of Monsters and Aliens, Shark Tale, and Gulliver's Travels fame. And when I say that, I mean that's the only other three things he's done. Also starring Jack Black. Also starring Jack Black, yep. Uh Gulver's Travels was, yeah. Well oh, Shark- yeah. yeah, he was yep. in Shark Tale too. Was he in Monsters oh. vs. Aliens? I don't know. No. Okay. Um writing screenplay done by Darren Lemke, who is known for Shrek 3D and Turbo. Patrick, you don't have children. Josh, you don't have children.
2: I saw Turbo though.
0: The one about the racing
1: snails, yeah, yeah.
2: Because I uh, had my niece niece liked that one, so I've seen it.
1: What's the one about the dog uh, who was like a famous TV dog?
2: Oh, Turbo Bolt. Bolt. Okay, I I thought I'd seen it, but
1: I mixed up Turbo and Bolt. Okay, I've
2: seen Bolt as as well. I've I've actually seen more children's movies than I would probably like to admit.
1: Bolt actually was pretty damn good.
2: My favorite is My favorite is Wreck-It Ralph. That's That's
0: a a good good
1: stuff. But none of those were written by Darren Lemke, except for Turbo.
0: Right now, Scott <laughs> Alexander. Now this is where it gets weird, because Scott Alexander and Larry. Since you don't have any um, crazy names in the t- in the twee pat, I decided <laughs> to toss one in there. Karazewski, Larry yeah, Karazewski, yeah, Karazewski, yep. who is known for 1408, which I think some of us watched for the um, John Cusack show. Yep. Yeah, I
2: saw that in the theater with my mother. I don't know if I even And
0: uh, Ed Wood and The People versus Larry Flint. Three very different films.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's and
0: not so. two people you would expect to be writing for children's movies.
2: I don't know. I mean, there are some children's authors out there that are really out there. Like I mean. Shel Silverstein was one of the most famous ones. I mean, he was famously oddball. People
3: vs. Larry Flint, the cartoon series,
0: was you know pretty. <laughs> <laughs> he had the transforming wheelchair,
2: right? Exactly. The People exactly. vs. Larry, Larry Flintstones.
0: Ah, uh, I see and what you mean, went too that. far.
2: Oh, so I didn't mean to Joel it up. Uh, uh, so, uh, so uh, anyway, was you guys out there. Oh, no. has
0: <laughs> so this is starring Jack Black as R.L. Stein, Slappy, and the Invisible Boy.
1: Yes, I did recognize the voices of both Slappy and the Invisible Boy when, uh, when they appeared as being Jack Black as well, which makes sense, right?
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty obvious.
1: So
0: uh, I
2: didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with it.
0: It's also starring Dylan Minnette as uh, Zach, who is known for Let Me In, uh, which was the American version of the I think it was a Swedish film called Let the Right One In. Yeah, oh, that's which was fantastic. And, um, and I know it looks like the acronym of the week, but it's Arthur and the Very the Terrible, No Good, Very Bad Day.
1: He yes, was, I was not going to acronym that one. Up. Yeah,
0: I'm not, I'm not asking you <laughs> to. But It's a lot of penises. Uh, also uh, had Odea Rush as Hannah, which was in The Giver. And something called We Are What We Are, which really, yep. I read the description of it, and it sounds really, really strange.
3: I watched the original Spanish and the American version back to back. And they're both very different, but they're both really, really good.
1: Yeah, I, I may have breathed a sigh of relief when looking up Odea Rush, seeing that she was 18 and ignoring the voice in my head, saying she probably wasn't when she made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, what we, what we are,
0: what we are, I mean, that's, I don't know, I read the description and it screams like flowers in the attic to me.
3: Well, it's basically a a family of a father and his two Daughters who are well in in the American version and the in the Spanish version it's a father and his two sons and their mother but they're cannibals uh-huh. and they've been cannibals their entire they're for generations hmm. but they're living in a world of regular like all of us and who are not cannibals when the father well the primary caregiver so. in the <gasps> Spanish version the primary caregiver dies the sons try to take over for him and in the the American version the girls anyway it's it, they're both really well done
0: so right. highly recommend <clears throat> so the um the role of champ was played by Ryan Lee who's known for uh, Super 8 which we watched uh, back in our Goonies Super 8 show
1: yeah that was uh the kid that we were like uh, it's young uh, shit i just blanked on his name he's got giant teeth yeah uh, a musician um uh Stevie Wonder John Petty
2: Oh, yeah. That's we true. were calling
1: him Tom Petty Jr., and he, he looks less like Tom Petty, but, yeah, he still has the overbite <clears throat> that could kill a horse.
0: That's
2: right. He's a and goofy-looking
1: kid. You,
0: right, and when I looked at uh, Zach, Dylan Minnette, he reminded me of – um, he's like a mini Channing Tatum.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's got that same look that I would expect to find in any Twilight knockoff. Right, pretty like, much. You could tell me Dylan Minnette was in The Maze Runner, and I would believe you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he was in a- – um, uh, Divergent.
1: Of course he was, because
3: no,
0: I believe you. I believe <laughs> uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amy Ryan as mom, who was in uh, Gone Baby Gone and Birdman,
2: and, and the Mo- Office. Most, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Most importantly, Holly on the Office.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Amy Ryan might actually be the best actor in this.
2: Yeah. Really? I guess I, I include so Jack underused. Black.
0: <laughs> she was good, but she wasn't in it often enough. I mean, she wasn't around
1: yeah. no I, i'm just saying like in terms of who i think is the best performer the best at the job of being an actor from the cast i think she's i'd give the title to her
0: okay and then there was uh also jillian bell who played lorraine the desperate sister who was also in 22 jump street and bridesmaids
3: and she's on workaholics and she's got a show on now called idiot sitter
1: oh, as really?
3: Well. yeah she's she's Kind of an up and comer these days. She's all over
0: the place. She's actually pretty funny. I I, I, I kind of like Melissa
2: McCarthy. Yeah. Uh,
0: Maybe. I don't know. She's a chubby
2: sidekick that makes a lot of jokes at their own
0: expense. In my mind, Jillian Bell smells a lot better than Melissa McCarthy.
1: Uh, What? (laughs) Yikes, dude. (laughs) Odd thing
0: to say. No, I mean, you just brought Melissa McCarthy. And Melissa McCarthy, honestly, to me, I think if I was near her, she would smell like like Jeez. bad milk
2: and <laughs> beef cookies? jerky. That's what I think. <laughs> Where the fuck are we going with this? I think
3: she smells like Kevin James.
2: I think there's a show topic in this. <laughs> what do we think celebrities smell like?
3: <laughs> the celebrities smell show.
2: Now Julian
0: Bell, while she doesn't smell great, she's got a little bit more like sugar cookie type smell to her. I think she smells like <laughs> liquor.
2: Yeah, she, she, that's like exactly what it is. It's just vanilla vodka. That's what you're
0: smelling. <laughs> <laughs> you watch Workaholics, you'd understand. Anyway, okay.
2: so uh, trivia.
0: Tim Burton was originally going to produce the film in 1998 and uh, was attached to it. However, the, that project fell through. So in the 90s, also, uh, George Romero was hired to adapt the book series into a single film. And they said, holy shit, George. Let's not do this. And he <laughs> finished a draft for it. I can't even imagine George Romero running a children's movie. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can't. The ghouls I would have it. been a
2: lot more prominent, I'm sure. Well, I mean, anyway, why would they even go to him?
3: Well, he's a, a well-known horror maestro who in the 90s was kind of at a lull in his career. And why not? <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. Well,
3: I mean, he wrote uh, Creep Show. I mean, he was part of the Creep Show project. So. Yeah, okay, but,
1: and him being involved in Creep Show, I think there's your missing link, because I can see you getting from Creep Show to Goosebumps. Yeah, the
3: horror anthology, and those okay. were not exactly hardcore horror. I mean, they were very similar in tone, just uh, a bit more adult.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so uh, Mr. Stein. Makes the comment in the movie that he has sold more books than Stephen King. Believe it or not, this is true. King has sold over more than 350 million books, and
1: R.L. Stein has sold over 400 million books. Oh, that, that actually doesn't surprise me considering how many books Stein has put out and how pushed they mm. are by Scholastic. That's I, a good point. And you know, that's the thing. It's
0: like the Scholastic, I mean, I remember, uh, we were talking about scholastic book fairs and the, um, the book ordering thing when we were in school. I mean, this is something that I would have ordered every single book off of.
1: Sure. Yeah. And like the goosebumps are frequently like the anchor for an issue of scholastic. Like that's what is going to be front and center to get you to look at the entire flyer. Yep
3: plus they're there they've been everywhere for a long time i mean not that king hasn't but i mean you walk into any bookstore in the young adult section and you're going to come across a whole row of goosebumps because books.
2: you can't i mean you can't sell <laughs> Stephen king books to you know preteens.
3: maybe there's, you so can't. there's
2: a whole market out there <laughs> <laughs> the word i'm looking for is shouldn't i know <laughs> Josh does out, of the, out of his trunk <laughs> but um you know so there's a whole market of kids out there that if they're looking to read and they want to have something that's a little titillating, I mean, he's filling that market for sure. I mean, and there's a, there's a, obviously a $400 million or, or 400 million book market out there.
1: Did you just say titillating? I yeah. Did. I was going to let it go.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not letting it go. What do you mean titillating?
2: Because I mean, you know, when you're prepubescent, I mean, you're looking, you're looking to learn about new things and all that stuff. And, and like you get new experiences and getting scared and getting, you know, Getting your 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 freak on, you know, as a kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily an explicitly sexual thing. It's no, it, that's,
2: that's a, I, don't, I don't mean it sexually at all.
1: It's something that's out of the norm for what is available traditionally, especially for books you're going to order at school. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, and it, yeah. It, it's and it's like because the adults are saying it's okay, you you know, in your heart, it's safe, but it's still risky and scary and kind of cool and kind of you know i get it
1: yeah i mean i think it is fair to say despite the fact that three of the four of us ripped uh goosebumps kind of a new one we're (laughs) not exactly the target market no we definitely aren't
2: and i can appreciate it for what it is like joel was saying but that doesn't mean i have to like it as an adult i i I still could have the opinion that it stinks I, i can understand why why people like picasso but i still think his art stinks Hey now,
1: yeah. Let's let's move on before we get into
2: that, because I'd have some things to say about. Yeah,
1: that. let's move on. I think there's a
0: line that just got drawn in the sand there. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, R.L. Stein makes a cameo in this movie and says hello to and, Jack Black.
2: And it was so completely obvious; it took me out of the movie.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I happen to know what he looked like because I was curious as to how close uh, the costuming for Jack Black was. So when I saw him, I recognized him before he said anything.
2: Because <laughs> uh, as soon as they, they have that interaction and he walks on, I'm like, okay, if nothing is ever made of that, that was just so obviously some cameo. And the only thing that makes sense is it's got to be R.L. Stein. So I actually stopped the movie to look it up and found out I was right. But I was like, it was just so jarring. I'm like, what, what was that?
0: Yeah. And the fact that he's Mr. Black and uh, Jack Black and Mr. Stein.
2: Yeah. It was just. Yeah. uh it was so hamfisted. <sighs> it was just just shoved in there into that script.
0: Well, I mean, they needed to. I mean, they couldn't have done the movie without some sort of nod to him.
2: Yeah, well, and why, I, not, why not make him the sheriff back in the you know, because he's blog.
1: not an actor. You yeah, know, I thought it was kind the, of clever. The
2: actual sheriff. I mean, the the sheriff is the person who's just back sitting there while the other two guys are out, out doing all the work. He, he doesn't even have to say anything. He just one, In one shot, you see the blob come in or whatever and take him out or whatever. I mean, he doesn't even have to have just say anything. I, I okay. think the
1: explicit wink and a nod for anyone who could have recognized him, it, it was supposed to be a little obvious. Yeah, he could have just been one of the like victims frozen by the aliens Yeah, uh, where you would have had to look real hard to catch it.
0: Well, and he wasn't even on screen for really any l- – amount of time. He was like, hello! And then
1: he was maybe a second. Sure. I thought and, it was clever.
2: Yeah, I, I It, was, it, it almost like, broke the fourth wall for me, though.
1: I don't think it was any worse than most of the Stan Lee cameos in Marvel things. Oh,
2: definitely I, not. I, I did just because they don't give Stan Lee dialogue. Oh, yeah, sure they, they did. do. Yeah, they do. They always do.
1: Well, he almost then, always gets in
2: line. I didn't mean that Stan Lee. I meant a different <laughs>
1: thing, <no>. I meant <laughs> Stan Lee Johnson.
2: <laughs> All right, My it so, still stands. I think... Like, I don't know. I've, I've lost track. What are we talking about? What day is this? We're I think...
1: Knuckleface Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: all right. So, anyway, the CGI was pretty good until I saw the werewolf.
2: I thought the werewolf looked pretty good.
0: Well, you're wrong.
1: <laughs> he looked <laughs> I, like he was covered in wax. It was... I don't know. It was all right. Yeah. I mean, I, I did I, notice when I saw the werewolf is... It, I'll agree with you, Mike, in that it was the first cgi that was a little off-putting yep
2: the snowman Uh, was really good
1: yeah snowman was really good and i think there was something about snowman the the, the, uh, abominable snowman Snowman? oh okay i think there was something about either his shoes or his saliva or both which is what kind of took me out of it for the werewolf so
2: i I
0: had the
1: ripped tennis shoes on if
0: i had a dollar i I thought it
2: was odd that he was wearing gym shorts
3: well he needed to wear pants it was a kid's movie yeah, but okay. I mean,
2: I mean, usually it's like tattered pants and stuff. But I think it would have looked, but, but just take like, the fact that he was just wearing, like you know, canvas gym shorts. Like.
3: What about the gnomes, though? I thought the gnomes were... They were so cool.
1: They yeah. were awesome. and the fact
2: that they reassembled, I actually was like, oh, that's creepy. Like,
1: like, I, I had such low expectations for the gnomes, and they were so much more badass in the movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, honestly, yeah. Between the TV show and the movie, I think the gnomes were so much better in the movie.
2: The way they rube Goldberg to attack things and everything, you know,
0: yeah, uh-huh.
2: it was very
0: gnomish. Tell me if this this movie would not have been better if uh, Patrick Warburton had been the cop.
1: <laughs> the The cops were weird; like they weren't yeah. in it enough to justify their goofy banter. Well, I
0: mean, you had the I'm I'm an enthusiastic rookie cop. You're under arrest.
1: And that made no sense to me.
2: It was a like good cop, dumb cop.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I I came into this with such incredibly low expectations. And from the very beginning, from the first scene between uh, Zach and his mom, I was like, okay, already, just in the performance of these two characters sitting in the car together, it's better than anything I saw from the series. I, I totally agree. agree with you on that. I re we agree with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, they already had a couple of browning points. I was like, okay, they can get away with a couple of stupid missteps at this point because I'm finding myself getting uh, locked in by the superior acting.
2: And I actually almost like squeed a little bit to myself when Amy Ryan appeared. I was like, I didn't know she was in this. And then Jack Black appeared. I was like, I didn't know he was in this. And then I was just done. I had to I'm take it.
1: <laughs> And like the sets were good, the abandoned, it, it, we're discarding how ridiculous the concept is. The abandoned uh, amusement park in the middle of the woods was awesome looking.
2: Yeah, it was so shoehorned in, but it was done. It was used to good effect, so I let it go. Right.
1: Well, and
3: what about the whole concept itself? I mean, it, it, R.L. Stein was trying to trying to figure out, and I read some of this in the trivia. You know, how are you going to translate this into a film? But taking at taking different books and putting them all into the movie and giving them a device that made it made sense in some regard it was kind of clever i mean it was neat the way that that the books came to life and that was like his
2: it it was so uh, honestly and I, this is meant as a compliment it was so obvious It was so clever it was obvious you know it was like, like what a great tool to use like oh all, everything i've written comes to life It just yeah. seemed It seems like such a trope, but it was done pretty well, actually.
3: Well, which tied into the blob that did everything, too, and the fact that what he wrote was reality.
2: Slappy was genuinely
1: menacing. Uh, The blob was awesome. Mm -hmm. And it
3: was actually a blob. Yeah. (laughs) And it did try to eat everything.
1: So a couple of the twists I saw coming, like from the very beginning, I was just like, yeah, Hannah's a character that R.L. Stein wrote. Like f- from about the uh, about the time the cops showed up at the, the apartment, it was just like there, there's just too much weird about her not knowing her mom. So you, I saw that one coming from a mile wait, away. Wait, wait,
2: she was a character that he wrote.
1: Didn't How far did movie? you get into the movie, dude?
2: I watched the whole thing.
3: It was the whole point. Of, that was the whole point at the end. You had to write. Rosebud was his
0: sleigh, dude.
3: <laughs> Did you really not know, or are you just being a dick? He's just yeah, being I a do, dick. Yeah, I
2: was just fucking with you.
0: Okay.
3: Dick. <laughs> what did you think about about Jack Black being Stein, though? Like, he was the main character rather than being the man who wrote the books, that the, the story. I mean...
2: What? Can you rephrase that question, please? Uh,
3: I can't even diagram. <laughs> yeah. can also, you...
1: I, I'm not entirely sure R.L. Stein was the main character. No, he wasn't. I mean, Zach was clearly the protagonist. You could make a, a case for... Uh, R.L. Stein being the central character.
2: He was definitely the driving force.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And Jack Black made him, you know, much more interesting than he is in real life.
2: <laughs>
3: personality
0: wise. Personally, I want to know what kind of high school puts on The Shining as a play. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> right? I didn't even think about that. I was well, like. <laughs>
0: Like he runs into the theater
2: of- and like, "Oh." They wouldn't even let us use Guns and Roses as an intro song in basketball, and they're putting on The Shining.
3: Well, it was another tie into the whole Stephen King thing.
1: Yeah. Um normally I like Ryan Lee. I actually think that uh he overacted a little bit and occasionally took me out.
2: Yeah, like a squeaky voice. Although s- him
1: screaming like a girl was hilarious every time it happened.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're like, "Dude, don't judge me." <laughs> I I mean, he's d- good for comic relief. He's good at his, his role. Sure. Yeah. I, I
1: just think a director could have reigned him in just a little bit because I found him a little irritating. Yeah. Almost like they let him improv a little more than they should have.
2: Yeah, because he still don't doesn't have enough chops to really get away with that. No. Yeah.
1: I mean, he was good uh,
0: in um, Super 8. He was all right. But it's it like... Was more he,
2: of an ensemble, though. And-
0: right. That's exactly it. there There was enough other... Um, There's not other characters to put off what he actually was.
1: But, I mean, I love the fact that I have to get that nitpicky about this.
2: Yeah. Overall, I I really enjoyed this movie.
3: And I think that the, the, the monsters were menacing enough to be, you know, more scary than they would have been in the TV series, but still pulled back enough that you could have a younger person watch it and not be afraid.
1: Well, yeah, there were deaths in the TV series and nobody actually died.
2: Yeah, they even made a point to show that the kid who got eaten by the big bug did not actually get eaten by the big bug.
1: Right.
3: Right. Once they had written them all out.
0: I love the fact you call it a big bug.
3: The praying mantis. (laughs) Big
0: bug.
2: (laughs) Well, in Texas, he's only like three times bigger than a normal (laughs) roach. (laughs) Silly.
1: Silly boy. So, yeah, I mean, from that, you've got a, a pretty solid, like, kid as a fish out of water meeting a new girl in a new neighborhood. Then you've got the all of the monsters getting released by S- a slappy who burns the books so they can never be captured again. And like the whole town pretty much gets captured or frozen or otherwise disabled because no one can warn each other because the first thing they do is take out the cell phone towers. Sleppy is a damn good terrorist. I'm
2: Yeah, no not- kidding.
1: <laughs> he can teleport?
0: He, yeah, that was
2: I didn't expect that. That was awesome. Like it was
1: genuinely menacing.
2: Because I mean it was right at right before he we actually saw him teleport when he moved from one spot to another when he was messing with him. I was like Man, fast. <laughs> Excuse me. Jeez. <laughs> and then wow. suddenly he teleports. And I'm like, oh, well, that explains it.
0: Yeah, because that's what everybody needs in life is a teleporting dummy.
2: Yeah, a <laughs> sentient, evil teleporting dummy.
3: Well, that's what made him a good protagonist or antagonist.
1: <laughs> yeah, like and
2: ripped, ripped straight out of Michael's nightmares. <laughs>
1: You and you had an awesome, no idea. like, journey through a bunch of different set pieces to encounter different monsters as they're trying to get to the place where Arlstein's typewriter is so he can write the one story that imprisons them all again.
2: I didn't understand why his typewriter wasn't at his house.
1: Why would it be? Because if it was at his house, they'd just go to his house and there wouldn't be any movie. Right.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in real life, why would your typewriter not be in your house because Because, he wasn't
1: writing on a typewriter anymore well and it was kind of weird that like nobody knew rl stein lived in the town right
2: that whole yeah
1: that that i'll give you that like his typewriters featured in the display case as a famous author's typewriter but he's in the town secretly
2: yeah and yeah but nobody knows who he is right (laughs) a random person showed up and donated this typewriter and swore to us that it (sighs) belonged to rl stein
3: Well, he had glasses on, so nobody could tell who he was.
2: He parted his hair on the other side.
3: Right.
1: But, yeah, and by the end, I mean, you've got uh, the big reveal that Hannah is a character, and once the story's written, she's going to be pulled back in, and she has her heroic sacrifice. You've got uh, both Champ and Zack learning a little something. Champ uh, being a coward throughout the whole movie and then heroically taking on the werewolf and biting him with his silver fillings to <laughs> get the cheerleader.
0: I'm Honestly. I was for another hug. Which is a nice
3: tie-in. I like that, the way that the nerd gets
0: the hot chick. And yeah. that was actually, I think, really clever, was yep. the fact that he had silver fillings. And that's I what, thought it
2: was going to be silver braces, but then it dawned, it dawned on me that he didn't have braces on. <laughs> I solved that mystery real quick right before he.
0: <laughs> Way to go, Shaggy!
2: Thank you. <laughs> so, much, you
0: Let's um. Okay, round robin. Who? Uh, right, who like the uh, TV show? No, I think I'm the only one that has my hand up on that one. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think it's you. And who enjoyed the movie?
2: I actually did. It wasn't bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I'd seen this without having uh, the original TV show to compare it to, I would have found more fault with it. But because of the fact that I'm comparing it to the TV show from the 90s, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It
2: definitely is a stand-up. I agree with that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree with you because
0: it's... It, I, don't, I I just think it, like you had said before, it talks down to you in the TV shows, but in the movie, it's actually expecting you to be able to handle the stuff it's throwing at you.
2: The I mean, the movie had so little to actually do to be better than the TV show. So yeah, it was, right. you
1: know. Well, and, and, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and stuff like the the Lawn Gnomes was legit awesome. Like, I think even if I hadn't been prepped and mentally comparing it, I still would have thought. The gnomes were were cool. oh, very cool, yeah. and that fucking clown. Oh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> forgot yeah. about the clown.
0: Oh, how could you forget about the clown?
2: Mm-hmm. And I I, re- I liked that scene when the snowman uh, fell out of the sky from the scoreboard, you know, with the vending machine, <laughs> and then he just painstakingly unwraps the candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Joel, you had some opinions about this. Oh
3: well, I was going to say reading um some of the more of the trivia. And how much more R.L. Stein seemed to be involved with this, Um, I think it lended itself more to it, the way that it was pulled off, ultimately. He,
2: he even cleaned up after with his mop.
3: Right, exactly. No,
2: what? He played the janitor in his little cameo.
3: Mop. No, he wasn't the janitor. Mop. He was, yeah, the, he drama
2: was, he was mop. the drama
1: teacher. He was the drama teacher. Whatever. What are you
3: watching? Mop. Whatever. He's thinking of, he's thinking of Scream. <laughs> West Craven was dressed like he was Freddy the the janitor.
2: Yeah, maybe I am.
3: Good Lord, Pat! Smoking I did I gold. did watch
2: this movie. I swear.
0: That's why we keep you around. So,
3: I, I think that this was probably more successful because it. I think it probably tied in closer to the way the books characterized the the monsters than the TV series did.
1: I agree. Me too. So, there you have it. Right. So, uh, gentlemen, what do we have on tap for next week? I We're,
2: think this is one of those rare times where the remake was better.
1: The, well,
2: right, it's not really that rare. What, what are we about? About 50 50?
1: Almost 50 50, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so next week <laughs> Sherlock Holmes.
0: Who? Him. The man, the hat, the legend, the pipe. Right. So we're going to look at uh, Sherlock Holmes over the years, and we are
1: actually um, going back all the way to the Basil Rathbone uh, movies. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're going to go back even a little further than that to the original Arthur Conan Doyle stories and do a profile of the character from there all the way up to, like, the BBC Sherlock. And uh, the one I can never remember, is that Elementary?
2: Yeah. What about the Robert Downey Jr. movies?
1: That's Sherlock Holmes, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be looking at all of that. All that fun stuff. So yeah, next week, Sherlock Holmes show. And if you'd like to check out our older shows, you can always check out our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Talk to you. All fine podcasting directories. Heck yeah. Boop boop bee doop. That was another throw to you, Mike.
0: <laughs> I know. And if you want to call us, you can call <laughs> us at 708-NOWRAP. That's 708-669-9727. <laughs>
2: Well-oiled machines.
0: <laughs> yes, we are. Alright.
1: Good night, everybody. Good night.
4: Good night. There's, burps.
1: There's burps. Yeah, yeah, gotta shoot hair on. Exactly. That was my takeaway. Josh knows <laughs> that.
3: Josh was listening.
2: Josh is right on point.
3: <rires> As usual